Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Stephen Brannan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen. I think one of my favorite sayings of Jesus is what we heard at the very end there. Every day has enough trouble to take care of itself. I focus on that saying of all the words that just came in the gospel because I am a negative person. (laughs) It's my personality. I tend to focus on the things that are uh, troublesome. And I cannot agree with our Lord more in affirming that every day has plenty of trouble for us to worry about. I don't think, however, he concluded his lesson by saying that, so that we learn the lesson, uh, we should focus on the trouble of the day. Instead, what he is emphasizing is that every day has the troubles that you ought to be focusing on. Every day has troubles, more or less, depending on the day. But those are the troubles, and not the ones from yesterday, and not the ones for tomorrow. Those troubles, the ones today are the ones to worry about and focus on. And by worry about, he also doesn't mean sitting around nail-biting. He means giving it over to God, attending to the worries, attending to the troubles. If you have a leak that uh, all of a sudden uh, you notice coming through your roof and water is pouring from your upstairs bathroom down into your downstairs kitchen, that is a trouble for the day that you need to attend to. Uh, You don't need to see that and immediately think, oh, great, one more thing of all the things that have been going wrong, all the things that I need to fix around this house, here's one more. Don't worry about all the other things, worry about the thing in the moment. What I love about this passage is um, it makes really clear a a theological principle, an anthropological principle, a, a lesson that we learn from the fathers over and over again. And that is that we are creatures of the present. We have memory, which connects us to the past. We have imaginations, which can propel us into the future. But we are embodied creatures, and those are powers of a spirit that are, um, well, they're imperfect. What our spirit's really designed for is to animate our bodies so that we are a psychosomatic whole a unity of soul and body. And our body gives us a lot of clues about how we're supposed to behave in this world. Our bodies are an integral part of who we are as creatures of God. Now, we can make the opposite mistake and try to attend too much to our bodies. And so we have a balanced uh, lesson here because Jesus helps us to learn how not to uh, attend too much to our psychological issues, but he also reminds us not to attend too much to our bodily issues. He's trying to strike a balance so that we know how to live as creatures. So how do we attend too much to bodily issues? Well, we worry too much about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. Jesus draws the examples of birds who are much less valuable than we are, but our Holy Father, Heavenly Father feeds them. He draws our attention to flowers that are here today and burned up tomorrow. 
And yet, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. Now this principle, summed up in Jesus' words, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added to you. Peace of mind, sufficiency for the body. If you seek first God, then all of these things will fall into line. And this is not a one-off lesson. This is something that God has been trying to show his people all throughout the story of salvation. Seek me first and everything will be good. In fact, how did mankind fall? Instead of seeking God first, and had they sought God first, they would have remembered his words that everything in the garden is for you to eat. They were taken care of. They were not naked. They were clothed with glory. They were not malnourished. They had every fruit available to them except one. And when they turned from seeking God first to seeking that one thing that was off limits, that one thing that they weren't allowed to have yet, they fell. Ever since that point, beginning with the very next generation, God has been trying to teach this lesson. Seek me first and everything else will work for you. Cain um, did not seek God first and his sacrifices weren't enough. And that really upset him. In fact, instead of learning the lesson that I should seek God in giving sacrifice, he turned aside from God again to his brother and became jealous. Abel, who was seeking God, was able to offer something that was pleasing. Story after story after story through the Old Testament we could go through. I'm gonna skip ahead to just one though, and it's the story that we heard this morning in our morning office. It involves someone who Jesus references in this gospel, King Solomon. Jesus says Solomon, with all that he had, didn't even have the glory quite of a flower in the field. Why did Solomon have the glory he did have though? Why was he uh, splendidly dressed enough for Jesus to uh, use him as an example? Because God provided him with that splendor. Why did God provide him with the splendor? Because in a dream when God asked him, what is the one thing you want me to do for you? Solomon did not say, I want riches, I want long life, I want power. What Solomon said was, I want your wisdom in order to govern your people. I want to be connected to you for the sake of the vocation to which you have raised me up. That was the right answer, and God praised him for that answer. In fact, then he went on to explicitly say, this is how it works. Because you've asked me for that, I will also give you these things. And he gave him one more condition. If you continue walking in my ways, if you continue seeking me first, I will add to you not only riches, power, wealth, but also long life so that you can enjoy it all. Then we come to the New Testament. Jesus, in this gospel passage, gives the lesson explicitly, but he also demonstrates this lesson in sort of a, um, a crucial example when he tests the disciples by giving them a task. We also heard this story in our morning office lesson. 
Jesus calls his disciples and says, I'm sending you out and I want you to go from town to town, spreading my word, expecting persecution, and I want you not to take an extra pair of sandals, don't take an extra tunic, don't take anything in preparation. I'm sending you so that you can learn to trust me and me alone. How do you prove that you trust Jesus in that instance, in that situation? Well, you follow his word. You literally go out into the world with nothing in preparation, with no extra anything, and you expect persecution. What happens when they came back though? Because they were faithful, they experienced more blessings on that trip than they could possibly have imagined. This lesson isn't overly complicated. It's really not. What is complicated is it's um, how we apply it. It's application in our lives. What makes this lesson difficult isn't in the understanding, but in the doing. It's almost one of the most basic, fundamental, foundational principles that we have. Trust God above all things and let him take care of the rest. If we could apply that principle uniformly in our lives, every day waking up and remembering, I am not worrying about yesterday because it's past. Where I am is today. Whatever happened yesterday, if consequences are going to uh, you know, spill over into the, you know, today, then today is where I deal with those consequences. I don't think back about the words I should have said to somebody yesterday. I don't think back about the way someone was talking to me yesterday. I think about how I'm going to interact with them today. I think about how I'm going to behave in the present. I don't worry about the fact that that leak sprang yesterday. What I worry about today is how am I fixing it? Have I called the plumber? <laughs> Have I uh, assessed the damage? Um, and once I do, then I, I set about fixing it. There's no worry. There's no need worrying about tomorrow either. Will the plumber show up when he said he's going to? Will uh, any mold set in? When you get to the day, worry about what's there. What if we actually woke up in the morning and said, Lord, I'm trusting you today. Thank you for this new day, first of all. None of us are guaranteed it. But we wake up and we say, thank you for this day. Whatever is going on in this day, that's what I'm going to focus on and please help me as I do. And that attitude alone, I think would yield amazing fruits that we would never expect if we stay true to it we actually operate by that principle. There's, uh, there's no more special or uh, enlightening lessons that I'm going to deliver because the lesson from Jesus today speaks for itself. All I can do is admonish us to take it to heart and find ways to apply it intentionally, to really say, today I'm going to trust God to take care of me not worrying about tomorrow, not worrying about yesterday, not fussing about the way I'm going to um, appear to others, all those bodily things, dressing in the clothes that I've been given and, and procured through the blessings of God and being okay with what I have. 
living a simple life, a peaceable life, a life of radical trust. That's what we're called to. So I pray that we will, this week, take that lesson to heart, learn it, find ways to apply it every single day, and to apply it every single day, to make it a habit, to wake up and say that prayer in whatever words, let it, let it flow from your heart, let it be a real prayer to just say, Lord, today is where I'm focused. I wanna be present to those around me. I wanna be present to you, and I want to trust that you are going to take care of everything that comes my way this day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one, amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.